Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I'm your host, AJ Vandertunt. I thought I'd use my real name today. And I just want to say hello. And hopefully you're having a great start to your weekend if you happen to be listening to this on a Saturday. If you're not listening on a Saturday, maybe it's about 20 years in the future and for some reason you decided to tune in and listen to a gay boy with a whiny, even nasally voice, I welcome you. And um, hopefully humanity has stepped up and gotten to some sense of normalcy by this point. Hopefully the pandemic still isn't happening either. Or if there's a pandemic, hopefully there's a new one and it gives you green hair or glossy skin or maybe diamonds for teeth. Whichever it is, I hope you're enjoying yourself and I hope you guys have a great weekend so far. So... Thank you for tuning into the show. As always, if you'd like to interact with the show, feel free to do so on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. Or you can always email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle is lifestyle. G is in gay. B is in black and B is in boy. And I will read your emails, answer questions, look at some topics that you sent me. And even if you want me to review some video games, I'll feel free to do that because you know I love me a game. But... As we get in today, there's a couple of things that we're going to talk about. One of the first things that we're going to talk about that I feel everybody should have a chance to experience and enjoy is the television show Raised by Wolves. It is now in its second season and it comes from Ridley Scott, one of my favorite directors of all times. And it's a fantastic show. It delves into religion, atheism, rape, actually the consequences of rape, the post-traumatic stress disorder that's associated with rape and other traumatic issues, and starting life on a brand new planet with many different things that can kill you, evolve, and possibly turn into something even greater than the human species. It's a fantastic show. I had Nothing but good things to say about it. I encourage everybody to watch it. And at some point, I really hope to have one of the people from the show on the podcast to ask some of the questions that we all want to know and also get a little awkward with them. But we'll see how things go on that end. Um, Another thing that I do want to give you guys a little heads up about, a little bit of information. For those of you who are enjoying Yo That's Gay, that's the show with me and Danny, my best friend. We are going to be coming back with some more episodes and we've got some things to talk about because a lot of you have asked questions about how do I properly douche? How do I bottom? How do I top? What makes me a good top or bottom? What makes me a bad top or bottom? What about kink? And what about fetishes? And we've even gotten to some specific ones here. So we're going to be talking about a lot of things from adult diaper baby play to pup play. Um, We can do impact play. We can do a lot of different things. So if there are questions that you have that you want to know about kink, healthy sex, and sex-positive environments, feel free to email us. You can do so at the lifestyle email or you can email yo that's gay at gmail.com. Both will take a look at your questions, we'll answer, and we'll go from there. It's going to be a great, grand time bringing the show back with my best friend. And I know a lot of you enjoyed it. So I really hope you have a chance to check out the new season, which will be available on all podcast platforms. But 
the last thing I'm going to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes of today. I want to talk about stress and fear. We're going to talk about stress and fear because stress and fear, it loosely relates to what we're going to talk about with our guests today. So stress, what is stress? Stress is one of those things that helps us grow, but also puts us into a state where our equilibrium is thrown off. Stress can be created from you just thinking about going to work in the morning or thinking about what to make dinner, what to make for dinner once you get home at night. Stress can also be some very good things. Stress can come from working out as you're stressing your muscles and you're building them and causing new muscles to form. That stress helps you get stronger. Stress can also be a fun thing. Let's say you're playing a video game. Of course, you know me, I'm always into games and you can't beat a certain level, but you notice you're getting better and better and better and better and stronger and faster every single time you replay it. And that's a result of the stress that you're feeling. The stress that you're feeling, it helps you grow. It helps you get better. It helps you get stronger. But then there's the other side of stress that comes into play and that's fear. Fear is a form of stress and fear is that being afraid of something that has not happened, something that's way out of your control. One of the things that I know is generating a lot of fear for people right now is what's happening in Ukraine. I mean, we got crazy motherfucking Vladimir Putin sitting here bombing this town or country of Ukraine and... We know that that dumbass has nukes and who knows where he'll want to go, especially as more countries intervene and more countries start doing more, then the rest of us can become targets. And if you're like some people and it's a fair thought to have, you're like, well, thank goodness that war is over there. It's over there. It's happening over there. I know I felt that way when the war in Afghanistan was happening. It was like, okay, I know that there's a war, but thank goodness it's over there. It's not right and i'll say it that way because if there's war one place there's going to be war everywhere the fallout of war is going to be felt no matter what i mean right now if you look at the refugee crisis that's happening from all the people that have left ukraine it's going to put a stress on multiple surrounding nations which then is going to ripple out to other nations and it sucks it really does suck it's scary and it can generate fear now Fear is not always a bad thing because when we are at our most afraid, our most fearful, where our body is preparing for its either fight or flight response, we are at our strongest. Our body is preparing us to be the strongest we have ever been, which can be hugely beneficial. It can be hugely beneficial. One thought that I had myself, and this was years ago, This was after 9-11. This was during the war in Afghanistan when things just kept seeming to escalate and escalate and escalate and get worse and worse and worse. And there were all these fears about the economy crashing, nuclear war, and just different things. I realized that that fear I had, I could get it out in a different way because that fear generated energy which then that energy, which is sitting there. And if you let the energy just sit, that's being created from fear, then you become paranoid. You get all out of your zone, your equilibrium's thrown off. You not don't know what to do. So what did I start doing? I started playing the piano even more than I had already been playing it. I challenged myself with harder and harder pieces every 
week because all I knew was when I wasn't playing, I had this fear that a bomb was going to drop on some state in the United States and we would all be fucked. Maybe that's what you're feeling right now. And if that's what you're feeling right now, it's completely understandable. It's completely valid. Feel those feelings. Take a chance to acknowledge them. Understand that you are not wrong for feeling fear. Understand that you are not wrong for being paranoid and understand that you are not wrong for feeling stress. The most important part is how you handle it and deal with it. One of the first things I'm going to say to everybody, therapy is golden. Therapy is important. Your mental health, you need to take care of it, especially in a time like this. So if you can find yourself a therapist, go for it. It can be hard to afford, but there are great places out there where you can get extra help. Some of you, if you qualify for Medicaid, your Medicaid can cover mental health care, including therapy. Let's say you don't have Medicaid. Maybe you have a different insurance provider. You may be able to connect with your insurance provider, look at your coordination of benefits, and you may be able to find that you have therapy covered as well. Another step, Talkspace. Talkspace is a great space to go to. They have an app and a website. It's Talkspace. So T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E dot com. They have a network of therapists that you can phone call, video call, text, keep in contact with, and maybe you just need to talk to somebody about, about how you're feeling. And it's great to talk to your friends. It's great to talk to your family, but sometimes you just need that objective person who can just lay it out for you without knowing anything about your backstory or having some type of established connection with you. It can be very useful. It can be helpful, especially in a time like this. If you feel like the world's closing in around you and you keep bottling up that fear or anxiety or stress you're having about the war or about anything else, it can always be a good step, a good first step to talk to someone. Another step can be to free yourself. And when I say free yourself, that means jump into something that you enjoy doing, something that frees your mind, something that maybe can take stress away. If you're a cook, go cook something. If you're a video game player, maybe go play some video games. If you like walks, go take a walk, read a book. Try to invest that fear, that energy that's created into it, into something that you enjoy to subdue it. If you can subdue the fear, you can overcome it. Now, fear is still a natural reaction, so you're still going to feel it every now and then. You're still going to be triggered with fear, but it's all about how we respond once we've recognized that the fear is there. So one step I have for you to start off, acknowledge that you feel the fear. Feel it. Don't try to deny it. Don't try to shove it away, but feel it. You don't even have to talk to anybody about it. You could just be sitting here right now listening to this. And maybe you have some fear. What I want you to do is pause this podcast, take a moment, take a deep breath, and acknowledge that you are fearful. Acknowledge that this fear is making your hands triple or your heart beat fast or you breathe heavily and fast. Acknowledge it first. Next, figure out what you want to do to get that feeling out. Maybe your hands are shaking you need to go for a walk. That energy that's been built up to cause your hands to shake, you can get that out by being a little active. Maybe you want to read a book. Center on your mind. Take your mind to a place that fear cannot reach. That can be a usable tool. For me, I always go to my happy place, which happens to be a garden with tons of water and grass Pokemon just running around that I can catch. It's a happy little moment for me to just reflect on sunlight and happiness and things that I enjoyed before I go back 
to tackle that fear. And then the last thing here, tackling the fear. How do you tackle it? For some people, rationalizing it, getting all the pertinent information can be a great tool. Fear sometimes is about things that we don't know or that we think we know, but we don't have full knowledge on. So go and explore it, figure it out. If you're fearful of, let's say spiders, let's go figure out what spiders are all about. Why are they here? What do they look like? In a safe spectrum, look them up on your computer, on your phone, something like that. That can be a good way to give you information and knowledge of the thing that is causing you fear. Another thing, and this is going to lean into who we have as a special guest today. Sometimes just taking your clothes off and bearing it all. Get naked. Look at yourself in the mirror. Analyze your body. Get comfortable in your skin. Or if you like going to events where people are nude, find a nude event to go to. One of the happiest places I've ever been to is with people who are nude. A clothing optional beach or park or a nude gathering or function, you get to meet people and everybody's on the same level because there's nothing on the outside of them that's defining who they are or giving you any inclination. No t-shirts, no shorts, no underwears, nothing that has anything written on it except possibly some tattoos on their skin. But everybody is on the same level. We're all naked. We're all standing here bearing it all for all of us to see. So now we have nothing to hide. So let's go ahead and talk. Let's go ahead and get comfortable. Let's feel good about life. Being nude for me has been very freeing. I mean, I'm nude about 60% of the day except when I have to go to work because it just feels comfortable. I feel natural. I feel relaxed. And when I get to gather around and talk with other people who get that same feeling, who have that community, who are nudist and are happy about it, I feel even more free because I can talk with these people just on such an open level where nothing feels contrived, forced, or weird. So I say all that to introduce the guest that we're going to have today. And that guest is named Dre Antar. He is the founder and creator of the Naked on Arrival group, which is a great space for Black people, Indigenous people, and people of color to unite in their nudity, to talk about nudity, to share pictures, being a nudist, to create events and network for nudists who want to come together and fellowship and gather and just have a great time and experience together. It was a great conversation talking with him. He gave me tons of insight when it comes to going to a nudist event. So heads up anybody who's out there who's never been to a nudist gathering or event and has some interest. Here's some great tips that you're going to receive in this interview to help you understand etiquette and what it is to attend, and what it is to be nudist. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. I hope you all enjoy the interview. And I can't thank Dre Antar enough for volunteering his time and commitment to talk with me about something that he enjoys and loves himself. So I'm going to let y'all get to the interview now, but I will be back next week with some more great content, some fun, and a little laughs and reviews of some things y'all sent me in the email, because y'all are a little ratchet. I'm not going to lie to you. Y'all be doing some shit, so we need to talk about it. But if you would like to contribute to the show, please feel free to do so through all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. That's including the TikTok now. And... Feel free to email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Enjoy the interview. 
I'm out. I'll talk to you Saturday. All right. So today, everyone, thank you for tuning in. I've got a special guest that I would like to introduce himself to you all to go along with our topic that has to do with nudist and being in a kink and fetish society and guiding your way through it. So, Dre, go ahead. Hello, how are you? So I'm Dre Antar. I'm the founder of Naked on Arrival, um, and I'm definitely a kinkster. Ah, okay. So kinkster, you use that term. Tell me what you mean by kinkster. Um, I think when it comes to kinkster, um, it's, it's interesting. I just had a conversation with a gentleman today, and he hit me up because he said, I saw another interview I had talking about kinks. Um, and he just asked me, like, you know, what are my, what, what are my kinks and how do I feel about them? Um, and I told him, I feel like kinks are like common sense. We all have them, but we don't all use them. Um, <laughs> and, um, and for me, I, I think a kink is just an opportunity for people to explore um, their sexuality or just exploring how sexual sex positive they are. Um, it doesn't have to involve sex, but I mean, it just kind of like runs that gambit. Um, I just recognize when you mention kink, it just becomes such a taboo and it's, it makes things difficult. It really does. I feel like we should be able to break the taboo by having conversations. And I think when people hear kink, they get a very shaky idea in their head. Yes. And it's not at all. You know, in the kink community, I've met some of the greatest people. But I want to ask you, being the founder of Naked and Arrival, can you tell us what that is, how it works, and how that links into kink or fetish? Sure. Um, so Naked on Arrival is a organization that I created back in 2000, oh wow, 2017. Um, it was a brainchild of myself, but I actually had another individual who uh, co-founded with me. Um, but my interest in nudity began as, an, as a child. Um, I just growing up as a kid, I remember my mother used to always walk around in her underwear with her, her, her breasts out and it was just no big deal. Um, and so being the only child, it was like, okay, well, I just, I just, you know, I should just walk around naked. And then it got to the point where even as a kid, I couldn't sleep with clothes on. And so I'm always, I'm always naked. <laughs> like my friends, they'll tell you, like, if you haven't seen me naked, you're not my friend. Um, oh. so that's something that's just, has just been ingrained in me. Um, but I, I lived in DC for a while, um, during the Obama administration. And at the time it was quite interesting because it was like, you know, I, I kind of grew up and became the man that I am today. Um, and so I really appreciated my time in DC. But while there, I think I wanted to explore my, my fetish of nudism um, further. And so I started getting involved with different, um, really small intimate groups that would kind of get together and they would just hang out and just be nude, you know, have drinks, what have you. Nothing sexual was involved. So when I came to New York City, I just assumed, baby, this is New York. That's what New York does. Like, you know, everything's happens in New York. So I know for a fact that I'm going to find an amazing nudist community when I get to New York. Because in D.C., I was, it was mostly me with, you know, a few men of color or black men and men of color um, in a mostly white um, environment. And so when I came to New York, I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to find my people in New York. I got here and it just did not happen. Really? Um, it did not. Yes, absolutely. Um, I got involved with another organization. They had an event at a bar in, um, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it was in um, uh, um, in Queens, just over the bridge by Yankee, um, going just over Harlem, what have you. 
okay. um, Astro or what, what is that area that's just over the bridge? Oh, I actually don't know. I've never been. Astoria. To I'm sorry. So Astoria. So it was an organization. They had a party. It was in Astoria. It was at this bar. And it was a local, like, it was a local bar. I get in there and it was like 150 just naked men in a regular establishment just having drinks. Um, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I thought it was just like absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, so I get up in there and I'm like, you know, I go and change my clothes and I'm like kind of interacting and I'm realizing I'm like, uh, this, this is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. Um, but it's predominantly white, predominantly white gay men. Um, they paid me no attention. Um, and then the black men, uh, especially, were not happy of my presence. Because <laughs> I guess they assume I wanted to take their white men. And so they weren't uh, friendly either. And so I had happened to just like run into like three or four of the gentlemen who were also like me, just happened to hear about it and just showing up. So the three of us just, or excuse me, the four of us just hung out. Um, and I said to myself while I was with them, I was like, damn, I wish there was something like this available for us. Um, and then I decided, you know, instead of waiting for someone else to create something of this um, regard, I created it for myself. Um, and so that's how Naked on Arrival began. Um, and I don't want to say it was a complete opposition to like, you know, you know, just the white mainstream nudism, but I, I knew that there was an opportunity for black men and men of color to have an opportunity to hang out, have a great time and be in a space where they don't feel objectified or, <laughs> or, you know, just, just, just those things that just happen when you're not of, if you're not of the majority race. And so as a result, um, we started in a way and it hasn't been amazing since. Hi. That's really cool. I didn't know the full backstory of Naked on Arrival and I didn't relate so much more not having that space to go to. But then when you do go to a space, it's not what you expect. Absolutely. Now, has that happened often for you going to different spaces where maybe it's not what you expected, but there were gems that were there that could take value? Absolutely. Um, so when I, so I will say that I did start, even before I started Naked on Arrival, um, I was going to a couple of um, like smaller intimate house events that were happening in Brooklyn in particular. Um, and it was also, it was a, a white nudist organization, which is no big deal. But, um, but when I went to like their events, it was a much smaller knit group. They were more welcoming. Um, and so um, and that, and that, if for that instance, I like, I really enjoyed it. Um, and so I can't, I wouldn't say that, you know, every space where it's predominantly white is just not, not going to be comfortable or, or accepting. I would never, I would never say that. Um, but I just knew that anytime that I just feel uncomfortable, it's just not a great time and I should never have to feel that way. Um, and so I just always wanted to have an opportunity where people can come and just have an amazing time. And, you know, that'd be the last thing on their mind. And so that's when, um, Make It On Arrival was formed. Awesome. Awesome. So for the people who haven't been to a nudist event, or to a gathering, or even on like a nudist vacation, is there any advice you would give them as easing into that first experience? Um, yeah, I often tell people to, you know, just kind of let go of your inhibitions. Just um, don't go in thinking, worried about what everyone's thinking or what's going on. Um, when it comes to nudity, nudity, so for me, when it comes to nudity, I'm, I'm gonna speak for myself. Um, when it comes to me for nudity, nudity, I don't sexualize nudity. Um, and so as a result, like I can be around a thousand people and everybody can be completely naked and at no point will I um, gain an erection. Because for me, it's like there's nothing 
there's no intimacy involved in just having people around you and being nude. Um, I think very often, especially in, um, in the black community, we are so inundated um, as youth um, with, you know, with the Christian right and the experience. And that's, you know, oh, it's shameful to be nude. It's shameful to have sex and have all these things that they do to kids. And it's, these are things that just, that placate these men growing up into their lives. Whereas I can tell you now, it definitely affects um, two things in particular. One is their confidence and two, intimacy. Um, we are lacking that in so many regards. Um, and I just hope that with um, Naked on Arrival gives people the opportunity to, um, to be comfortable and, and literally in both areas. Um, you know, so in regards to like confidence, um, Naked on Arrival, we don't have like a door policy. You know, we're all inclusive. You know, you can be 300, 600 pounds, you can be 45 pounds. Um, you can have a great time um, in Naked on Arrival. Um, but one of the great things that I appreciate about it is that we do have opportunities for people to be intimate without having sex. Um, and so what I mean by that is you have the opportunity where you're in this space and people are all around you and you'll find that people are so much more comfortable in new situations than any other space. And so let's, let's compare it to say like the most popular gay clubs. Um, so if, when we host Naked on Arrival, we have three different areas in which we host events. We have a bar night, which happens at, um, well, used to happen at a, a black gay owned bar in Harlem. Um, and we also, that's, our, that's usually our main events. Our second one are um, home events. So people will volunteer their homes and we'll have more intimate uh, spaces um, working with them. And then we'll actually, in the third um, area is that we'll travel to a destination or a location. Um, but what I really think is really great about the club space in particular is that, you know, we're all familiar with going to the club. And I always tell people that when you go to the club, you know, you may not be a drag queen, but we're all wearing drag. You know, you you put on this clothes and your outfits and what have you, and you want to give a certain you're, you're trying to, you know, just share who you are. And so, you, you know, people walk into a club, you're like, ah, oh, no, I ain't into them. They emo. No, I'm good. Oh, no, that's a butch queen. I, I ain't with that. Or, you know, that people have all these different, you know, they, they come up with all these things in their mind when they just see people dressed a certain type of way. And they honestly, um, you know, lose out on an amazing experience. But when you come to a nudist event, you come into a space where everybody's naked. And so as a result, you know, you're, you're in this space. I mean, of course, you got to take your clothes off. But, uh, but once you get there, it's like you don't have those, you know, those triggers to be like, oh, well, that person does this and that person does that. So then you literally have to come up and just talk to people. Um, and so I've had people who are in our group who've been in New York City for decades. And they've seen each other out and they have never spoken to each other. And then they come into Naked on Arrival. And finally, it was like, you know, they... They sitting there hanging out and they're like, oh, wow, you're really, really cool. And I, we've created so many great like friendships and best friendships and relationships that have derived from Naked on Arrival that I, I just, it's become, it's astonishing to me. It really is. And a lot of it is because, you know, we break down those barriers of like, you know, what, what you may think about someone and then recognize if you actually just talk to this person, this person is amazing. And I mean, if you're sitting there butt naked, I mean, you are just opening yourself up and make yourself completely vulnerable. Um, so I, I think that as a new person coming in, um, it can be overwhelming, but I think they just kind of come through and, you know, just sit down. I guarantee you that someone's going to speak to you and you're going to have a great conversation and you're going to become that much more comfortable. Um, and it just works out in the end. That is so awesome to hear that. That's funny. Like I myself have only been to new beaches 
and a campground that I go to each year where there's like a group of nudists that I can actually hang out with. So I've never been to a bar night and I have to check one out because it just sounds like a glorious time. Oh yeah, you know? it's absolutely amazing. Especially the whole the house events are even are that much more fun, to be quite honest. Because um, if, you're, if you're hosting at your home, our guests have the ability to come up with different themes. And so we post, um, we've done Super Bowl parties. We actually have an annual Super Bowl party that we do every year. Um, we host um, our game night, which is most popular. Um, we recently found out that our signature event is our cosplay event. Um, so surprisingly, yes, we are nudists, but folks are putting on cosplay, but they are making their genitalia exposed, if that makes sense. So you literally like dress up as characters or what have you, um, but you're still like nude in a sense. Um, and that has been like our, our biggest event. Like people absolutely adore that event. Um, I have hosted in my home. I've had people come here for movie nights, um, make personal pizzas. We've done a cuddle night. Um, so, I mean, it's just, there's just, just an array of different things that you can do with a much smaller group. Uh, but I would say the home events um, are really great as well. That is so awesome. I, I want to go to more of the events now, now, especially the cosplay event. I saw the postings for it and then ended up getting COVID. So I was not able to come, but it looked amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Is there any like pan ultimate event? I would say like an event or a gathering that you want to plan that you haven't been able to do just yet, but you know, is like the dream idea. You know what you, I, I have been thinking about so much. Um, I know there's like a village in Italy where you can literally walk around an entire village, butt naked. Um, I think if we bring a, a group of black and men of color there, like they would absolutely lose their mind. Um, but in the midst of COVID, I was, <laughs> I was really thinking about um, an opportunity that I was, I was starting to set up in, um, uh, gosh, what is it's in Mexico, Tulum. So in Tulum, Mexico, at one point, everybody was going to Tulum. It was costing absolutely nothing. And it was just quite interesting. Um, but I, um, I found out that one of my friends actually runs a yachting company in Tulum. And we were having the conversation. He was like, yo, you really should come down. And he said, there are some nudist opportunities here. And um, he said, of everyone coming down here, no one takes advantage of the fact that you can be nude in Tulum. Um, and so one of the big, um, one of the big events that I was thinking about hosting is bringing anywhere between like 20 to 50 men. Um, there is a nudist um, resort in Tulum. Um, we will, that will be our, our base, our hub, where we'll hang out, we have different opportunities. Um, each day, um, you know, we'll have different events that are going on. There'll be kind of like a wellness retreat as well as like entertainment. Um, I wanted to have like, you know, new yoga, um, like new yogis to come help us out. Um, have different uh, opportunities for us, like people like to gather, hang out, you know, kind of have fun. Uh, but the big, a couple of big events that I would like to do with them is um, apparently this nudist resort um, is, you know, of course, attached to a beach, but there is a nudist beach on the opposite side of Tulum. And so my friend has a yacht. He said he would actually come to the docking of the, um, of the resort, pick everyone up, and we can actually be nude in the yacht. Um, Go out to the um, go out into the sea and you know whatever snorkeling what have you that could be one day and then the second day um, take us or do the same thing pick us up in a yacht and we actually be nude and take that to the new beach that's on the opposite side of the island and then come back so I mean it just it just seems like an amazing opportunity and that's so that's one of the big um, programs I, I mean one of the big events that I would like to throw 
Awesome. I'm sending you positive vibes. I would love to attend. I hope it happens. Wow. Um, one other thing that I did want to ask you about, and it's for people who have maybe gone to an event, even if you haven't, what would you say are rules of etiquette that you should follow in any event and even an event that you would throw? You know, the, great question. Um, so when people come to our event, um, I tend to, I always tell people to, you know, just whatever expectation is, just drop whatever expectations you have, just kind of just, you know, take in the space. Um, I'm really, um, I always try to tell folks is that if you're in this new to space, um, you know, if you're a gentleman who happens to be aggressive and used to like, you know, feeling the need to like really get people's attention, you don't have to do so in a new space. Um, I've had situations where, you know, people come in and they'll be drunk. And so it'd be a gentleman who, you know, was, you know, hyper masculine and, you know, I'm this big top and guys walking by and every guy that walks by, he wants to slap his ass, slap their ass or grab their ass when they're walking by. Um, and that is an absolute no. You know, when it comes to naked on arrival, I always tell people that, you know, touching is something that needs to be welcome, not something that you are imposing on someone else. Um, and I always, and I, and I then stressed to them, I was like, you know, you have opportunities where, you know, you can more likely than not in a nudist uh, opportunity, excuse me, in, in a nudist event, people are going to be a lot more intimate. So there's going to be a lot of touching. Uh, but I often, I often tell people start up and work your way down. Meaning like if I meet you and I was like, oh, wow, you know, you're laughing, you're hanging out and I grab your shoulder and, you know, and, you know, and someone, they get, oh, you know, they receive that and, you know, it might be, and they might get a little closer, you know, like touch the arm or, you know, what have you. And then, so it kind of goes down if, you know, people start hugging, they're touching each other's waist. I mean, it's completely, it's, it's, it's completely acceptable. Um, however, I will tell you in our events, we do not allow people to have intercourse. Um, so that's something that is, that is frowned upon, um, as well as like oral opportunities. Those are also frowned upon. However, um, I will tell you that there's been opportunities where people have been like, you know, like doing like mutual touch or, you know, where they'll like touch the person's like ass or dick. We don't have an issue with that. Like that's, that's not a big issue for us. Um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't stress that in particular, but especially if we're at a bar, I don't expect that you're going to go on the bar and be eating someone's ass or like sucking dick. Like that just can't happen. Um, but beyond that, um, pretty much everything else is just, it's, it's just a lot of freedom. You know, people talk to each other, they have a great time, um, and it just tends to work out. Um, and most of the time, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing that I always get is people was like, well, I don't want to come to your nudist event because I know that my dick is going to get hard because, um, you know, I'm dealing with men. And I right. always tell them, I was like, that's fine. You know, you're a man, your dick always gets hard. We do not expect that you're going to, although we're a non-sexual event, we do not expect that you're going to come there and like your dick not get hard. Um, I will tell you that um, me personally, news environments won't, won't arouse me, so my dick won't get hard, but other people it will have that opportunity. Uh, some people intentionally want their penis hard because they recognize that their penis shows better when it's hard than when it's not. Um, so people walk in wearing cock rings um, and that's completely, that's completely fine with us as well. You know, whatever you feel most comfortable in, we want you to be there and be yourself and be comfortable. Um, but I tell people all the time, you know, if your dick gets hard, that's fine. You know, humans, on average, men's penises get hard at least 14 to 17 times a day. It may not be full erections, but I mean, but any, any movement is considered an erection and it happens very often with men. And I don't expect that to be any different at a nudist event. 
Gotcha. Okay. Are there any other steps that you would share with us when it comes to attending or just any part of being in a nudist lifestyle? Sure. Um, I would tell folks, you know, I, I just say just embrace everything as to, as to who you are and what you are. I mean, it, it, it really is. Because uh, there's nothing like you to seeing the satisfaction of folks when they come, they come to the party and they're so uncomfortable. But when they sit there and they kind of relax and they realize, oh wow, this is actually really easy. Like what? Like you know, it's, it's not as charged up as that people would think that it is. Uh, but what I love most about it is that people are so interactive. I everybody at a nudist event hangs out and talks and has a great time. I've never seen that in any, any black gay club that I've ever attended. You know, people are sitting in the corner, they're never speaking to each other. Everybody in our environment all speaks to each other and they have a great time. Um, so I just tell people kind of just let your hair down and have too much fun. Um, and I, I will tell you, if you come to at least one of our events, you're going to fall in love. Okay, awesome. My last thing, yeah. every that I like to have on the podcast, I always ask them drop a life gem. A life gem can be something as little as don't use the full seasoning packet and ramen, or it could be something massive. What would be your final words you want to give to the listeners about a gym? Sure. Um, well, you know, it's funny because I, I asked you what questions that you had available. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about this one. And I'm, I'm still was like, I really wasn't quite sure what I was going to share. I'm still kind of at a loss. Um, but um, I will say in the midst of just this conversation and what's going on, um, I would say the biggest gem I would tell folks is that, you know, recognize that they're recognize that in our community, you know, there's a big issue when it comes to intimacy and confidence. Uh, and so, and as a result, I think that if we recognize that we do have issues with those in those two areas, that we, you know, that we try to help each other out in the process. Um, and meaning, you know, I'm, I'm always talking to gentlemen about affirming themselves. You know, there's this huge conversation about, you know, black people never want to, you know, they don't do well with affirmations. And I often say that is the case. Um, but I tell people, if you affirm your own stuff, you will you will start accepting it from others. And it just makes it that much better. So affirmations, it just goes very far. Um, and so with that, you know, you can have you can have the confidence that you need and it can lead into some really great intimacy as well. So I would say um, affirmations of self is um, most important. Okay. All right, just drop it, Jim. You just made me look back at my life for a minute. Awesome. Okay. Well, I want to thank you again for being here on the show. And would you like to let people know how they can contact you, reach you, get in contact with you if you want to join the group? Absolutely. So um, with Naked on Arrival, we are available on Facebook as well as Twitter and, um, and Instagram. Um, and so you can feel free to reach out to me. I'd say the, 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 the quickest way for, um, to reach me would be through, um, through Twitter. And our Twitter is Naked on Arrival. So it's very simple. Um, our Instagram is NOA, the letters NOA on Arrival, um, because Instagram shut down the first one <laughs> that actually was Naked on Arrival. Um, but you can also find us um, on Facebook as well. And I often tell people, if you're interested in Naked on Arrival and you want to meet with other nudists, we do have a, um, a, a online community through Telegram where our members um, meet regularly, excuse me, they meet daily um, and talk and discuss things about um, nudity. They share photographs, videos, um, and then people just um, maintain their connections um, as we are on pause 
through COVID. Um, my expectation is that we haven't had any events in quite some time because um, we were having a hard time securing locations, but that's going to change in the spring and we're going to um, pick up on our events um, starting in April or May. Awesome. You have any hints of what the first event may be? So, yes, absolutely. Our first event is going to be our cosplay event because the last one was canceled because of COVID. Um, I just found an, a really awesome venue in Harlem. Um, it's a two-story brownstone. Uh, the gentleman is really interested in working with us. And I think that um, I think that we can have a very successful event. And so that's that's my goal is to, uh, to host our, our cosplay. That'd be for the opening event for this year. Awesome, awesome. I can't wait. Um, again, thank you for being here. I'm gonna make sure that I get all your information out there. So hopefully more people reach out to you and get in contact. Um, this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed having you on. Thank you, AJ. I appreciate you. This was great. Uh, this is, I love the fact that you're, you know, that you're spreading the word and you're getting this out there and um, uh, it's, it's gonna be great. I'm excited to see what our other members have to say about Naked on Arrival as well. Yeah, I can't wait to speak to them too. And hopefully we can just affect the world.